Well, good morning. Good morning. So I went to the restroom this morning and uh, was fixing my, my belt afterwards, and it broke in half. <laughs> so, hopefully, <laughs> things stay up as they should. <laughs> Not good when your belt breaks. Robbie's like, you want mine? I'm like, I'll be all right. <laughs> oh, goodness. Whew. Anybody with a special song this morning or a testimony? I think Tyler hit all the announcements. Brother Joe, would there be tonight with the... The music ministry group, I know there's a significant number of them that can't be here tonight. Santana can't be here tonight. Daniel can't be here tonight. I don't think uh, Ryan and Hannah are here tonight. So they may just have to join another class. Okay. We'll just play it by ear. Yeah, if anything, they can just join the adult class. Which really looking forward to that for the next three weeks. Brother David's going to be teaching for us. So really looking forward to that. Please come out and support him. Um, the next Sunday, I believe next Sunday, is our monthly business meeting. Uh, so we still have a few positions open. Uh, reach out, junior reach out, missions, men's and women's classes. And is it VBS too, I think? Uh, so be much in prayer of those. No one with a special song. I thought if I gave you a minute, you know, it might help. All right, if you've got your Bibles, turn over to the third chapter of Hebrews. The third chapter of Hebrews. Moving right along in Hebrews. Last week we saw, we covered the first six verses of chapter 3. And we saw how Jesus was superior to Moses. How while they were both faithful to God, that that Moses was a servant in the house of God, while Jesus actually built that house and and was the son in that house. And how we, the church, are the house. And it was awesome that he called us his holy brothers. And his, that we share in his heavenly calling. If we hold fast to him, if we continue going on, like I said before, it would be so easy sometimes just to, I'm done. But Jesus is so much more worth it than that. So much more worth it. So if you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about the first warning in the book of Hebrews, I believe it was in chapter 2. About drifting away. And, and, you know, a lot of us have struggled with drifting away. Um, Neglecting that such a great salvation. And remember the writer here is encouraging an audience of Jewish Christians to keep going. That it's worth it. And it still applies to us today. It's amazing that the Holy Spirit can work and still apply that to us today. It's it's just absolutely amazing. But he said there in that second chapter to pay special attention to to what you have heard. And I'm going to ask you today, pay special attention because today is the second warning of the book of Hebrews. And we'll get into that here in a minute. Pay special attention. <clears throat> so we'll read, starting at the seventh verse, we'll probably go through the end. And actually, it goes over to the fourth chapter. 
But we'll see, we'll see what, how God leads us here. So starting at the seventh verse. Therefore, there's that therefore word again. Therefore, going back to the previous section, talking about having that confidence and you know, fast boasting in our hope. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. On the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways as I swore my wrath. They shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers, lest there be any be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For if we have come to share in Christ, for we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who were disobedient. So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. And we'll stop right there. So again, that first warning talks about drifting away from God. And this one, I think, is even a little more dangerous is departing from God. And that's not a good place to be at all. And having that hardened heart, that unbelief that we'll get into in a little bit because of that evil and deceitfulness of sin, that turning away from God. And we've all seen people that have come to church, they've played the part, they've came up here, they've gotten saved, they've cried the cry, they left the church, and we've never seen them again. Now, we don't really know... what. They could be going to a church somewhere else. We don't know. We don't want to judge them. But when you see people that are living the same life they were, that's the difference. Salvation changes you. It changes something on the inside. And none of us can really explain it, to be honest. You know, we had a great Sunday school class this morning since Ryan, you know, hung me out to dry. I'm just kidding. He did. He, he told me he wasn't going to be here. But the, you know, the, the conversation was talking about, and it's a big debated conversation, once saved, always saved. That's a big one. You, there's churches that believe you've got to get saved over and over and over and over and over. And they're like, where's the line at? This is, it was a great conversation. And we'll get into that probably a little bit too. But the writer here goes back again to the Old Testament. Some of the scripture here is from the Psalms 95 at the 7th through 11th verse. Pointing back to the warning, even then. And all of these, again, the Jewish audience, all of these people knew exactly what he was talking about. They grew up in that Old Testament Scripture. They knew it. They knew exactly what he was talking about here. But it points back to that, that hardening of your heart again in the rebellion. It's almost like he's saying, see this picture? Don't do it. Don't follow what they did. 
So kind of keep that in mind as we go through this. Don't do what they did. So the question is, don't do what who did? So as you remember, the children of Israel were in slavery for 400 years in Egypt, right? God sends a deliverer, Moses, because of their, you know, God, help us get out of here. Help us, you know, we're so enslaved, we're so beaten. Get us out of here. So God sends a deliverer, Moses, and through Moses, does, does all kinds of miraculous things. Parts the Red Sea, they go over on dry land. All the plagues. Has anybody ever really dove into the plagues? Just another point here. They're awesome, if you really read them. Rachel called me and asked me a question about one the other day, and I'm like, oh man, never really thought about that. But all the plagues. I mean, just imagine all the stuff that they saw. Sorry, something in my... God guided them with a cloud by day and a light by night. And what did they do? Complain, complain, complain. And we're really good at complaining, aren't we? We're really good at it. But complain, complain. God, Moses, there's no food. Moses, there's no water. There's no this. There's no that. In Egypt, we had all these things. Can we go back? Over and over and over. And, you know, we look at them like, man, what was they thinking? But we do the exact same thing. Don't we? We do the exact same thing. So then you also have the time where, does anybody remember the 12 spies going to look at Canaan's land? What'd they see? There were kind of a couple of different reports. Ten of them said, oh, yes, the land is great. But there's giants there. There's, there's armies there. Surely we can't go in and overtake them. Who were the two that went against them? You guys can talk. Joshua and Caleb. They said, yes, there are giants over there. There are armies over there. But our God is bigger than that. Let's go take it. And they didn't. They didn't. They didn't do what God told them to do. But they were really good at complaining, weren't they? So God, he kind of got tired of it. And he said, anyone from 20 age and older, you're not going to go into the promised land. Except for Joshua and Caleb. Right? What happened to all those people? For 40 years, they walked in a circle in the wilderness. And every single one of them died outside of God's rest. So this is a pretty serious warning of don't do this. Isn't it? It's pretty serious. But just think of all the stuff they saw. All the miracles and every I mean, like, I can't wrap my hand around it. Like, how could they not believe? How could they not trust God? But we do it every day. We do it every single day. We struggle with it because we want it our way. That hardened heart. So they had a hardened heart of unbelief. What do you think a hardened heart of unbelief actually is? 
really is, is trusting God. You don't trust God. And I, I keep thinking about stuff in my head. Like, there's just been a ton in my head, I can tell you that. A ton in my head, a ton in my heart. But think about all the times when God tells you to do something and you don't do it, you don't obey. That's hard in your heart. Think about all the times where God tells you to say something. Like, I, I tell you, I'll, I'll be standing, I used to stand back there where Robbie's sitting right now. And there would be days that it would just like, I would be shaking because I was supposed to say something. And I'll be honest, there were days that I didn't say it. Has anybody ever done that? Has anybody ever struggled with that? That's a harden of your heart. Trust God. Trust Him. That's really what it comes down to is trusting. And He's saying, take a lesson from these people. Take a lesson from them. You think Moses is so great. Where's all those people he led out of Egypt? They died in the wilderness. They died in the wilderness. Because of unbelief. And it's not really an intellectual unbelief. If that makes any sense at all. You know, John's got up here and preached so many times about the heart knowledge versus the head knowledge. There is so much truth to that. You can sit here week after week after week and try to figure things out. It does not work that way. You can't figure out God that way. This doesn't work. It doesn't work. I found a quote. It was a pastor. I think he was a pastor in the late 1800s and early 1900s. His name was William Newell. Anybody ever heard of him? I hadn't heard of him, but I found this quote and it was pretty awesome. Unbelief is not inability to understand, but the unwillingness to trust. It is the will, not the intelligence that is involved. Again, going back to that, it's, it's not head knowledge. It's heart knowledge. Again, I think we, we, we try so hard because it's how we're built to understand everything. If, if, if it was about us understanding everything, not one person in this church would be saved right now. Not one. Do you guys believe that? Yep. Not one. Because we can't understand it all. There are so many things. I mean, you could put me and John and Tony in a corner and ask us all these questions, and there's probably something we can't answer. The one saved, always saved thing. God's got it. I truly believe if you are saved, you are saved forever. I've been struggling with this, folks. I've been struggling with it. That's why I brought it up in Sunday school this morning. I want to see what they all thought. Because when you read this, it's almost like you can lose your salvation. But the truth is, we don't hold it. If it was up to us, we'd lose it every 10 minutes. Wouldn't we? Like it, it, I don't know. Big topic for another time. I would love to see what other people think about that, by the way. Big topic. But it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the key to it all. You know, somebody asks you a question, like really deep question. You're like, 
I don't know. But I know that Jesus saved my soul. That's all I can tell you. That's all I can tell you. And I can tell you when I was nine years old, He saved me. And there was a big period of time where I did what I wanted to do. And I've told you guys the story when I was early 20s. I was driving home from work, listening to a sermon. Why? I had no idea. Because I was far from the hat as you can get. But he spoke to me. He said, son, remember me, you're mine. Now, could I have said, you know what, God? I don't have time for you. My other thing is, if I wasn't truly saved when I was nine, would he have reminded me of that? As you can tell, it really gets me emotional. Because I was not in the right place at all. He changed it all. Because He's better than anything this world has to offer. Anything. Anyone. He is better. I tried to keep it together, boys. I couldn't. But that's something I've really been struggling with all week. Because it looks like, from just reading, that you can lose your salvation. But like I said, if it was up to us, we'd lose it daily. Well, I better go get saved again. Well, better go get saved again. You'd never get anything else done. Would you? But there should be an outward evidence of what Jesus did on the inside. I think that's really the key to it all. You don't have to go do anything miraculous. But there should be a change in your life. If you've accepted him. Like if me as your pastor, if I'm out doing everything on earth that the world is doing, did he really change me? Now, I mess up. Don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect by any means. But there's a difference. Does that make sense? There's a difference. Oh. Harden your heart. Warm in here today. But I really believe that there's a difference with genuine believers. Now, we've all seen those people, though, that have come in the church, have worked in the church for years, and then all of a sudden they just disappear. And I'm trying to rack it through my brain like, well, did they lose salvation? Did they... You know what? God is way bigger than this mind. He can take care of all that. Mm. But it talks there that original confidence. If indeed we hold that original confidence firm to the end. That's big. That is big. Because even in persecution... Even in trials and tribulations, anything that happens like that, our God is way bigger than any of it. And that's exactly what the author here is telling these Jewish Christians. Don't give up. Yes, it's rough right now. But there's a day coming that's going to be all worth it. Do you believe that, folks? It is going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Be like that. Trust Jesus. 
What else can you do? I love how he uses the word today. We've always heard all of our lives. Today is the day of salvation. Not yesterday, not tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. I love how he uses that word today. says in the 13th verse there, but exhort one another every day as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Exhort, encourage. You know, this is another thing that's just been baffling my mind for a while. You know, when you read this, it talks about doing it today, doing it every day. Why is it that most churches get together one day a week? Now, I'm not saying we need to be together every single day. But we're his, we're, his, we're his house, right? Like, if I go through all the week and don't think about any of you, do you honestly think when I get up here it's going to make a difference? You see what I'm saying? Like, we have Sunday school, we have church, we have Sunday night fellowship, kind of starting a little Bible study. There's got to be more than just once a week. Yeah. I can play this for you if you want to hear it from where you come into the church. There's a reason why when we get together, everybody wants to talk together. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why after church is over, which you guys are probably hoping will end real soon, there's a lot of people talking together. There's a reason. There's a reason for that. We don't do it enough, I don't think. I'm trying to wrap my brain like, on Sunday nights, like the fourth Sunday of the month, what can we do just to get together? I don't care what we do. Right. Brother Joe, I don't care what we do. Let's just get together. Because it's important. Amen. It's absolutely important. We are to be a community of believers. Yes. There's nothing in this word that says get saved and go isolate yourself from everybody else. Right. It doesn't work that way. Someone once told me that. Well, I'm, I'm at home. I'm getting fed at home. Good luck. Good luck. It don't work that way. It's so important to be together. And just thinking about our covenant together. Thinking about what's back there on the wall. Loving God, loving Jesus, learning to serve. I can't do that on my own. It's a team effort. It's all of us together. That's how God wants it. He doesn't want us to be individuals. He wants us to be together. Encourage each other. You ever just had those days where you just felt like, I really need to reach out to such and such. Those are important. Do it. I can't tell you how many times. I've just got a little random text out of the blue. Probably struggling with something. Work's crazy. And it just meant so much. But again, we don't do it enough. We don't do it enough. And if we're not doing it for each other, how are we ever going to do it out there? How are we ever going to do it out there? It's so important for us to get together. I don't know if we need to rethink small groups again. We need to be together, folks. I really struggled during COVID. Yes. Really struggled. That first week we got back together was awesome. Mm -hmm. You could tell we hadn't seen each other because we could have just talked that whole service. Mm -hmm. 
You think it's funny, but we could have. We kind of did. <laughs> the other thing you can do, every single one of us really need to examine ourselves in our relationship with Jesus. Every single one of us. The Bible tells us to examine ourselves. You know, are you following what God wants you to do? That's another thing. If God is calling you to do something and you're not obeying, that heart's hard. And every one of us can tell you how that feels because we fought the fight to preach. For, I, I can tell you it was a long time for me, John. It was a long time for you. We fought it. Hardened our hearts. When I finally accepted that call, something changed. I can't explain it. Something changed. Examine yourself. Again, have you ever just felt like you wanted to, you were supposed to say something and didn't? There's a reason for that. We were just sitting eating breakfast yesterday morning. And sad to say I didn't do it, but there was just something over me like, you guys should be praying. We struggle, but God is so, so worth it. Today is the day of salvation. You know, I was thinking about, like, again, going back to that, people trying to figure it out and all that. Like, you know, what advice could you give to somebody that's just going through that? Like, trying to figure it all out. You know, how to believe, how to trust. How, like, the only thing I could really come up with is just believe, just trust. The rest will come together. How do you do that? Just believe and trust. Again, it's not about that head knowledge. It's about the heart knowledge. Just trust Him. Just believe in Him. That's all it takes. And then live your life for Him. And as the writer here was telling all these Jewish Christians that were wanting to go back, why? Why? Why would you want to go back to that when you have Jesus? Why would you want to go back to that? Why would you want to go back to a life without Him? Just trust Him. Just trust Him. I think really what's, what's really cool here is this must have been such a, an important thing that he shared the stories about Moses and, and the, the people that died in the wilderness twice. Pretty cool. Just go back and read it later. I'm sure I've butchered this up, but that's okay. So, to end all of this, the question for you is, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? You can't sit here and try to figure it all out. You just got to trust and believe. When I was nine years old, there was no way I was figuring it all out. I'm still trying to figure it all out. But God sent His only begotten Son to come and die on a cruel cross of Calvary for our sins and the sins of everyone out there. And if He's tugging at your heart today, don't harden your heart. Just accept Him. Just accept Him. Just trust who He says He is. 
Just believe who He says He is. He is the Son of God. I can tell you that there's nothing outside those doors right there that will ever give you the fulfillment that He will give you. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. There's no money in this world. Everybody's like, I wish I'd win the lottery. Look at the stats of people who have won the lottery over the years. Most of them have committed suicide. So you always hear, I wish I'd win the lottery. No, you really don't. I wish I had this house. I wish I had this car. I wish I had this job. I'm telling you, nothing will ever fulfill what Jesus can fulfill in you. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Jesus is better. Hopefully you're not tired of hearing that. Because that's what the whole book of Hebrews is about. Jesus is better. Brother Joe, Brother Mike, get a verse of the song if you don't mind. I want to have an invitation this morning. You know, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, today is the day of salvation. Don't let it pass by. If He's calling out to you, you know. Because your heart feels like it's going to pound out of your chest. You can come up here. We'll pray with you. We can pray with you after the service if you want. But don't let it go. Or if you are saved, and you've been here week after week after week, and God is calling you to do a great work for Him, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than to obey Him. And it comes down to trust. It comes down to trust. Because I think I am terrible at this. There's something He's doing, folks, that I can't explain. There's something He's doing all because I said, Yes, Lord, send me. I'll stand. I'll stop crying.